Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What with Dan and Julie. Today we've got Will Kane on, who is a professional CrossFit athlete, gym owner and online personal trainer. Hi, Will. Hi, mate. You're okay. It's kind to refer to me as professional CrossFit athlete. <laughs> there. I'll probably get a bit of stick for that. Um, so I'll, so I'll, I'll stick with just a competitive uh, CrossFit athlete. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. Uh, how are you? Yeah, all good. Um, it's been a bit of a crazy few days um, since Bozza fired us back down and into lockdown. Yeah, um, yeah tough, tough for uh, for the gym industry. Yeah, I mean, I think everyone saw it coming, didn't they? In terms mm. of um, we're going to have a second spike and it's going to be a bit of a uh, bit of lockdown. I, I was surprised that that you know they've they've locked the gyms down or closed them. I mean. There's still some literature out there which is sort of suggesting you can operate to some extent outside and uh, if you're an elite athlete you can still train in an indoor gym so um, it's a bit of a strange climate but um, obviously with our we spoke off off air in terms of like our, our new gym openers a bit of a blessing in disguise to be honest. Mm. Is that so that's that's up and running now that's bullpen fitness right? Yeah, so um, I, I own uh, Bullpen Fitness at the moment um, with my colleague Fraser. Um, we've been going seven years, actually. Um, so we've um, uh, decided to merge with um, with Harry, Mike and Adam, who own AOD Fitness. Um, and we've, yeah, we've, we've had a new building built. Um, and I, um, I went to check it out today, actually. Um, so is that what you describe yourself as mainly as a, as a gym owner? Um, I suppose so. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, sometimes I have to put like job titles down. I've 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 got a bit of a bit of a range, I suppose. Yeah, I compete in CrossFit. Um, I own a gym and then run um, on co-own a CrossFit. Um, I suppose I, I don't have to call it CrossFit, but it's an online f- programming company which uh, provides fitness programs, anything from from CrossFit functional fitness programs to endurance and gymnastics programs as well. Um, so yeah, a, a couple of job titles, I suppose. So how did you get to owning a gym or sort of your path to get there? Yeah, so I, um, I've probably been involved with the fitness industry for about, uh, let me get this right because I've got it wrong, about 13, well, no, no, about 18 years now. Yeah, I literally started working as a fitness instructor when I was 15. And then um, I went, I'd done sport at college amongst other things. Then went to uni, studied sport and uh, got, man, managed to get a job at a, at a gym in uh, Winchester um, where I was a personal trainer and then I um, worked for Virgin Active after I'd come out of uni um, some more management roles and then sort of fell into CrossFit just as a training method to go along with rugby Um, and then opened it or helped helped a friend uh, open a gym in Cheltenham and then I was involved with CrossFit Cheltenham I moved over to where I was like coaching there and I wanted to I suppose, train out of a, a CrossFit affiliate, a gym that I was currently at wasn't an affiliate, affiliated gym. Um, and then uh, one of my clients, uh, who's now my business partner, um, said, you fancy open one in Worcester? I think there's an opening. So we we went for it. We put like £2,000 each in. And um, <laughs> we've, we've gone for We've moved sort of twice now. And this is our next big move. And that should be it then. We're going to a pretty state-of-the-art custom-built facility, which is amazing. So CrossFit's become a bit of a... Um, it's grown rapidly, hasn't it, over the last sort of 10 years? Um, mm. And it's, it, is, it looks brutal. Like, 
uh, we've both, both played rugby, me and Jules, um, since we were younger. Jules has given it up, but always threatens to come back at Christmas, and he never does. Um, but as a training method, it's really t- taken off, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people like, still seem to think it's a pretty new training method, but it's been around uh, like since like 2008 off the top of my head, maybe maybe longer even than that. If you look at sort of um, read the CrossFit journal from when the the, the previous owner, Greg Glassman, um, started it. Um, yeah, I sort of looked at it. My, my brother actually done it before me, um, again, to supplement rugby. Uh, rugby is always a sport. You think you need to be stronger, fitter, more powerful, and it can be... I suppose quite boring just doing your standard it used to be for me just with the lads back and buys chest and tries <laughs> supposed to be legs on the friday but we'd end up just doing arms anyway <laughs> uh, but but yeah i just started doing a couple of workouts i suppose with my brother and then um a guy suggested that i try it to, to go on a rugby and i sort of got hooked i was i wasn't used to that sort of intensity of training but i like to think i always train hard and I've done a bit of cardio i suppose mainly weights in the gym and then my cardio was rugby training but um it's, it's brilliant in my opinion uh, if you do it sensibly uh, correctly periodized it's one of the uh if not the best training method for not only general population but but athletes as well it started to get a bit of a, a, a funny relationship or a bit of bad PR at one point because people were doing some silly stuff, but unfairly so because if yeah. you do it properly, then it's one of the, like you say, one of the best methods, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I've had like, countless like interviews and sort of questions on what my views are in terms of. Uh, I think the, the common one is a is CrossFit dangerous or is CrossFit safe and mm-hmm. unsafe, etc. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything. If you know, if I go into a boxing gym and I'll jump in a ring with the heaviest, most experienced guy and get punched in the face, that's probably not the wisest thing to do. Exactly. Um, yeah. Equally, if I'm, you know, for, I suppose new to rugby and I start trying to play with the first team and try and tackle big guys running at me with poor technique, you're going to get injured. So, mm. I know it's slightly different because it's a training method, and I suppose there's if you, for argument's sake, sat on a fixed weight machine and pressed a weight in front of you there's little chance for injury but we all know that fixed weight there's a place for fixed weight exercises you know we've got fixed weight plate loading machines for our new gym so there's certainly a place for it but in my opinion functional exercise functional fitness is the most fun and best way to um to, to get healthy get fit get strong but yeah just on that like uh, in terms of crossfit getting bad press like it it used to and, and it still does, man. Like I see things online and I'm looking at people's techniques saying, yeah, CrossFit, people think of it as a uh, smash yourself every day, maximum weight, AMRAPs, do as many reps as possible in this time. I mean, I I compete in CrossFit and I, I haven't done hardly any CrossFit workouts in the last month because I'm in a different phase of training. Mm. Now, I know that's different for me because I suppose I compete, but I'm like an endurance and strength phase. I'm still doing the odd CrossFit workout here and there. But I mean, I suppose we, I was guilty as a coach previously programming workouts that I think was so hard that would just destroy the guys, but we'll, we'll have meetings as a team, a coaching team and, and we'll plan the whole year in terms of um, getting people to peak for the CrossFit open, which is five weeks of competition. Mm. So, and just there, I'm rambling on here, but if I um, <laughs> if I if I had was a had a client as a coach, and 
you know, they wanted to improve their 5k run, I'd be looking to test their 5k run. So a lot of our clients would want some sort of measurement of fitness. So the way in which I would measure clients apart from and them seeing their lifts improve, I don't know, quality of life, improve energy levels is the CrossFit Open. So all of our programming and uh, classes would be based around helping people to peak for them. Mm. So, you know, if I was going to do a weekly program for our classes, it may be Monday, maybe lower body strength with a, uh, a longer duration workout. Tuesday, maybe a gymnastics piece with a more intense workout. Wednesday could be an accessories and a posterior chain with medium domain workout. So it's people that just smash themselves with CrossFit are doing it wrong all the mm. time, in my opinion. But so there certainly should be science and periodization behind it. And your, your model is uh, well, it's similar to what we talked about with Harry. He came on and talked about AOD and, and the future of personal training and that kind of world. And yeah. the online programming is, is really starting to take off, isn't it? And you guys, are, uh, your programs are really sort of at the forefront of that. Yeah, I, I suppose um, uh, we, so it's myself, Craig Ritchie, Jazz um, Corburn. I just call her Jasmine Wonderlust because it's uh, <laughs> Uh, and uh, Fraser, um, we, we all own team training and we all have different roles in it as well. I suppose um, we started off, it was just going to be um, basically a program for myself and Craig to do. Um, he was going to do a conditioning bias and I was going to do a strength bias and then we were going to have a general one for people to follow. Mm. And then it sort of started spiraling out and we've probably got like 20 plus programs now. There are our main ones. We've got a three a week program. We've then got a home uh, programming which is minimal kit we've got an endurance series which we've our coach josh holman is our endurance coach so he writes uh, he's got some pretty cool running bike and we're soon to be launching our triathlon programs and swimming and then we've got a weightlifting series which chris freebury writes and then we have various specialist ones that fraser's written which like get you a 16-week pull-up program and gymnastics etc so yeah it's um it was pretty crazy how it grew um, you know, thousands of clients from around the world um, following a similar program. I mean, there's always that debate. You know, if I was to magic the best program for you, it, it mm. would probably be individualized. I've got, you know, I'm not against, uh, I, I, sorry, I'll rephrase that. I, I would admit that the best form of programming is individual, but if that means you training on your own, without other people and it's you struggle for motivation whereas i can give you a program that's maybe not as personalized and tailored but you're going to train with your mates and you can compare your results to everyone else then in my experience i think that is a arguably better way to improve mm. and that's i suppose what the aod guys and um, they're, they're more individualized um i think they do do a generic one but we, we would potentially look to do that when we've got the manpower but with um, our other businesses and my competing, we're we're sort of happy with the different options that we've got at the moment. And do you think that's the way that the fitness industry needs to go? Because we've had um, we've had a personal trainer on, and you know they're in the gym at really unsociable hours, and yeah. you know their work life balance isn't fantastic. I mean, uh, the guy we had on I loves it, but yeah. For somebody to do it as a sustainable career for years and years and years, it needs to go the way you're doing it, right? For a, for a, a person that wants to set their own business up or get into the industry. 
Yeah. Well, funnily enough, I was having a conversation with someone yesterday, um, just with regards to, uh, we get, I get a lot of questions of people saying, hi, Will, how do I get into the fitness industry? Um, what would your advice be to a, someone who wants to become a personal trainer or a fitness instructor? So in terms of how I see it to make more money as a personal trainer. So I've got eight clients a day, five days a week, which is a lot of work. And it's not like you're just in an office job. I'm not saying whole office people have uh, loads of breaks, but you know, <laughs> I've worked an office job in terms of I've been on the computer for a while and then I've got an hour or a half where I can sort of chill and do some admin for these eight hours. When you're training your clients, you have got to be on it and motivated because it is their hour out of the day. Mm. Um, so in terms of making more money, you've either the two options, increase your price or work more hours, um, which, you know, you're just doing more work. It's more antisocial. So then the next option is either get someone to work for you or do more class-based stuff, hence why we do uh, CrossFit classes um, and small group, sort of small group person training, which is, again, why I think that's quite a popular sort of progression for people. But, yeah, then the next way, I mean, I know a, a girl from Cheltenham who's pretty much moved all of her personal training online. She either does it through Zoom or selling programs or by uh, pre-recorded workouts but uh, for me i like having a balance i've got a few pt clients i've got all the clients um for the team training online and then uh we've obviously got all of our our members as well so i think that is for me personally it's it's nice to have a balance are your clients uh just run-of-the-mill everyday people or are they um athletes competing at high levels of sport um yeah it ranges um okay just be, I mean, I've, uh, at one stage I, in, when I was working at uni, I was having sort of six to eight clients a day who range from athletes to, uh, general population to people that have been injured, etc. Um, how does, how does your online model work with the general population? Do you find that actually works quite well? Um, yeah, I suppose, um, a lot of CrossFit programming companies, tend to focus on the elite stuff which is fine yeah. right, in terms of uh, competitive athletes i suppose our demographic and target market are people that are potentially just below the sort of com- competition line however i have um followed a lot of the programs and I've, i'm currently following our pure strength volume two and one of our endurance programs so you can mix and match we've got supplementary programs whereby if you're following our just general team training program, which is a good coverage of gymnastics, strength and fitness, you could then maybe sub that with some extra conditioning or some extra strength work via the te- uh, weightlifting programs. Um, so in terms of how it focuses on sort of general pop, it's, um, it's kind of for them to make the decision, but there's also scaling options as well. Um, so if there's exercises like muscle ups and people can't do a muscle up, we'll offer a, a scaled option so they'd still get a similar stimulus. Okay. Um, and what is the, the average day for you running the gym? I know obviously going into a lockdown again, it's going to be a bit different. Um, yeah. but still what would be the average day for you? Yeah. So it, I've, I've got a little girl as well. Um, so it's sort of changed the last few years in terms of, uh, taking her to nursery and whatnot and my but my mum helps out with a bit of um uh childcare from that point of view. So in terms of my week, like I will train six times a week. Um generally on a Monday I'll work um at the gym AM. 
So I'll be coaching for sort of four hours. I'll be there from 6am to about one. Then I'll do my strength session after that. And then in the evening I'll do, at the moment it's a run. So normally about 10k. Tuesday is an upper body session. And then I'll do my bike session in the evening. Wednesday normally is just a one session. So it's like a CrossFit day on Wednesday. So I'll, I've got a bit of freedom to just do a couple of workouts on a Wednesday. Mainly I'll focus on some weakness stuff. Thursday is like an aerobic day. So I'll quite often um, get on the bike again on Thursday um, and just do some recovery stuff, get me hot tub. And then uh, Friday is a normally a double day again. So I'll do, uh, so off the top of my head, dynamic lower body at the moment. So some lighter, faster stuff, lower body. And then I'll have a bit more of a, a workout in the afternoon. And then Saturday is normally uh, back to uh, a bit of CrossFit, a bit of upper body, and then my final run in the evening. And Sunday is full rest. Wow, that's a that's a busy week in the uh, in the gym. Yeah, I mean that's just that's just my training. So at the moment, well, pre lockdown, I was coaching Monday AM, uh, Wednesday. Um, let me think about this evening. Uh, Thursday's off. Friday evening and Saturday just one class. So. But it's, I don't feel like I'm doing too much. I, I enjoy coaching. I enjoy being in the gym. I'm, I sort of, I prefer to be out doing stuff rather than just sitting down playing Call of Duty. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, how much of uh, this sort of the future of the fitness industry? So we talked about it being uh, more programming, but how much of it is uh, branding yourself and your gym? You know, there's going to be a lot of programs out in the future with PTs trying to get people in and do their programs and how do you go about building your brand yeah mine personally or the the businesses or yeah a bit a bit of both yeah so i mean i I had a a podcast a couple of weeks ago as well whereby we were talking about getting to the crossfit games and is it the you know is it the pinnacle and yes is the question like it'd be it'd be cool to get to the crossfit games i'd probably um it's the excuses i probably came into it a little bit late so like 25 i started crossfit and you see some of these guys now that like 19 getting getting into it so um body was maybe a bit beat up from rugby (laughs) i um i've 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 done pretty good at regionals and i've been uh i've won a few big competitions and competed at some big competitions and it's like i suppose if i dropped everything and stopped coaching and stopped pt and stopped running a business and just said, right, I'm just going to train all year. I'd maybe have had a better shot, but I've always sort of had in the back of my mind, like financially, if I get there, unless I'm one of the top five um, and I get all this sponsorship and then, uh, you know, I I come in the top 10 maybe. Um, it's not it's not huge financial gain, I suppose. It's just the prestige of getting there. So mm-hmm. I've, tr- I've tried to have always, like, you know, fingers in pies in terms of, the online company, the PT, the gym, and the competing, and I find it a nice balance. Um, I've, I've seen a, heard a few stories of people, you know, if they don't win competitions or get money from a competition, they're going to struggle to pay their rent, and I just really didn't want to be in a position mm. like that. Um, but in terms of building, like, branding, like, obviously, social media comes comes quite heavily into it now. I was always a bit, oh, I'm, I couldn't be doing with social media when people call you an influencer. It's like, no, don't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's just the way the world's going. Uh, I mean, 
I've got a few sponsors that expect me to do stuff. And then you get really nice messages of people saying, Oh, you've inspired me to do this or you helped me to do this. So I suppose branding wise, it's important to, I like to give people a balance to show that I train and compete and then I can run a few businesses and whatnot as well. Um, in terms of for the gym, we haven't got as big a social media following, but we've got a pretty good reputation in the area. Um, mm. So we've, we've plowed a lot more money into marketing compared to starting up seven years ago. Um, so certainly years ago where it would be, you'd have some posters up in, in I don't know, coffee shops or give out leaflets <laughs> or speak to friends. Now, 99% of all of our marketing budget is, is online. And do you think people come and do your programs because they see you and they want to emulate what you're doing? Uh, potentially me as well. I mean, because we're in with Craig, Craig's got a really big following. So a lot of people, um, we've got quite a good mix, actually. A lot of people will probably go on because Craig and Jazz um, do some of the workouts or involved. They've got a, um, a really cool profile and they're involved with um, vlogging fitness. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, people people will go on it because because I follow the programs and then, but it will spiral then like people will um, jump on because there's a girl, Shelly McCoy, who's programmed by Fraser. She, um, she, I suppose would inspire some people to jump on the program. We've got our weightlifting coach and our endurance coach are also really good athletes. And I just think we, we initially, I wanted to actually price team training higher um, because we thought, well, hold on. If we're, if this is a service we're providing, I think it's worth more, but we actually went really low mm. just because, thought look let's to be fair we weren't even thinking about um how much money we can make it was like what's a reasonable price for the service and if it's not an individual program and it's pretty generic this is what we think it's worth so it's literally it's 10 pounds a month for a program that i think you could charge 40 50 from other programs that i've seen that are similar do you know what i mean yeah yeah that is good value isn't it actually for online programs yeah so our generic ones are 10 pounds a month and then we have sort of bolt-on uh programs like off the top of my head, like our running and bike program, which have been sort of flying off the shelves at the moment are 25 pounds for like eight to 10 weeks, which yeah. I, get, I think is good value. Yeah, and, certainly. Um, so yeah. But then it's all about scale, isn't it? You know, you, you're doing that. Whereas if you were getting someone in to do PT as you know, in person, then like you said, you might be able to do eight hours a day, I guess, of, of yeah. PTing, where you can put that program out there, advertise, build your social media brand uh, and get people in that way. And you're going to make a lot more money in the fitness industry doing that. Yeah. I mean, I suppose that when it goes towards money, I, I used to be, Oh, yeah, I suppose I was pure money driven when when I was a PT. It was like it doesn't really matter how many hours I'm working, and um, I'm just gonna you're watching the cash come in. And even with um, with the gym, you know, you're looking at these numbers. You're thinking if we get this amount of members and we charge this much, we we'll have this, we we'll have this amount of money. But I've said it a few times recently. Maybe it's sort of wrong to say it, but I've, I've saved up a bit of money and I've got I've done a few I suppose clever things that I could go and invest my money elsewhere and pr- probably make more money. But mm. I, I love what I do. I love the people at the gym. I feel like I've, I've got a duty to, um, yeah, serve them. But uh, to provide this new gym for the guys, I mean, through, through lockdown, it could be right, right. Let's let's sell up. Let's sell all our kit. Let's go and do something. Well, yeah, that could make you more money. But you know, we've had all these guys support us through the first lockdown. The majority are supporting us through the second lockdown. I um, I. I 
I have friends that will say, Oh, you're so lucky having a job that you've, that, that you enjoy. Mm. And, um, in terms of, you know, I, I used to, uh, I think me and Fraser were talking about it recently t- about, you know, if you're just looking at how much money you can make, you lose, you lose sort of sight of why you actually started it. And we, we predominantly do it to get people healthy and, uh, provide pe- people, uh, with a space yeah. that's, that's going to enhance their lives. And the big thing for me recently, we've, you know, we, we were having, when we were closing up yesterday, we were having members just coming, driving down, not even picking up kit. Uh, <laughs> Cause we were, rent, we were renting out and selling all our kit, just saying, thanks. Thanks for the last seven years. And I'll see you at the new place. You know, I've had people say, if you, if it wasn't for you guys, if my mental health situation, there's, there's a good chance I might not have been here. Yeah. And that's like, pretty humbling to know. So and, and obviously, if you keep in sight people's uh, mental health, physical health, and you're providing a good service, you're then inevitably going to make um, some well-earned cash, I suppose. Mm. What would be some of the personality traits that you, you see in yourself that you think have really helped you get to where you are now? Um, I'm very competitive. Uh, in terms of, I suppose it stems, I've got two brothers. We're always uh, competing against each other. Um, and I, I always tend to have a positive mindset no matter what happens. We've, we've had various situations before where there's a bill that's, that's sort of crept up and uh, out of our uh, control or th- there's been situations where we might not get the lease that we want. But I've always just seen the, the positive in a negative situation. Um, injuries in terms of competing. Um, I've, I've had a few injuries that are, I suppose, you're sort of asking why has this injury happened and you're sort of dissecting it. But um, like, for example, I had a stress fracture in my uh, lower leg. I've had tendonitis in my knee, which is really because the, their repetitive strain injuries, which would suggest I've been doing too much, but that was pretty hard for me to take in terms of injuries because they came at times where I had big competitions, but I just looked at the positives. I can still train There's people worse off than me. Um, and I think that's why I've, I've done, I've done pretty well in terms of competing and the businesses and whatnot. And what are some of the biggest positives or opportunities you've had out of the fitness industry? Um, in terms of, I mean, like I mentioned earlier in terms of like having a job where, uh, that I enjoy doing, uh, I, I enjoy going to work every day. It's not like a chore. I, um, I've had some pretty cool opportunities from sponsors where I've been able to travel to China, Canada, um, all around Europe, various other places, um, competing, which has been amazing. I've got, um, I've met people that have been amazing coaches that have helped me learn. I, uh, I work with prep kitchen, so they give me all my food throughout the week. Love that. Uh, which is pretty sweet. So I get like two meals a day from those guys and they're lovely. Uh, it's just product drop in there. Um, uh, I think loyalty in, in sponsors has been a big one for me. I am mm-hmm. um, working with X endurance probably for the longest X endurance and complex spring to mind. Um, and there's been, a, there has been a few opportunities where I've been offered potentially better deals, but I've just sort of looked at the bigger picture. They've helped me out. Um, and I think I've helped them out with their stuff. So loyalty and communication and, and always like if anyone's trying to get advice in terms of being sponsored, it's, um, always be concerned about if the people that are sponsor you are doing well, because I wouldn't want a company just giving me cash if they're struggling. So I'll always be uh, concerned of, of how they're doing, you know? 
Yeah, it's a partnership, isn't it? It's not just a one-way, one-way kind of train. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and if I'm confident that they're doing well and I know that their brand's going good, it sort of motivates me to sort of push them more. So you just keep growing and growing. Um, I think that's a really important thing, certainly for people that are, are are trying to get into social media stuff or getting into competing and needing needing support. And I remember, like. Um, when I started doing the competitions, I, I actually wrote a letter to loads of companies asking to sponsor me and that I don't think they have many of them or I don't think people got it. They would maybe be approached themselves or wait to be approached. I suppose that's the the sort of noble way of doing it. But I was saying, look, I think I can offer you a little bit of exposure um, in return for a little bit of help and, and, and sponsorship. And then it's sort of, as you get a bit better, it sort of spirals. And if they see value in you from a, a competitive point of view and i think some of the companies now maybe see me as um a bit more value in me with the, with running the gym and uh, running an online programming company as opposed to just um exercise yeah you kind of like you've grown together really haven't you yeah exactly yeah i think um i think a lot of the companies that i've worked with have, have, have grown not just because of me because they've sponsored bigger athletes as well but certainly from a sponsorship point of view it's um it's important to know that you're both on the on the same wavelength and you're and you're both growing yeah absolutely yeah and on the other side of that what would be some of the less favorable or negative aspects of the uh, industry um i think as i alluded to earlier i mean for me it's mainly been positive i mean you're always going to get people that are potentially jealous or feel threatened by your product or your success which is understandable you just got to take it on the chin i suppose you're always going to have um people that disagree with what you're saying in terms of uh across it as a training methodology or various supplements or recovery aids um so that's the only negativity i i, I found I, I used to sort of not bite back to various comments on instagram but i have always said right now every negative comment i'm just going to go in on someone and it's <laughs> it, it tends to not happen um the other i mean I suppose drugs cheats is my biggest um, pet hate as I suppose mm. every athlete. Um, I think CrossFit's drug testing policy maybe isn't the best in terms of like governing bodies, but um, have you had to deal with that in your high performance gym? Um, in terms of people taking stuff in the gym? Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it's been pretty good. I mean, previous gyms that I've trained at, you can tell, put night well you can tell most of the time he was on gear mm. effectively but yeah it, and i'm sure and i know and there's been positive drug tests of people that have um taken performance enhancing drugs in crossfit but i think general general pop because it's a nice environment um i don't think there's a huge amount of um uh substance abuse in in crossfit gyms that i've seen i've been i've certainly seen it more widely used in in globo gyms um so it's just one of them things it's like any sport isn't it you're not gonna you're not gonna clamp it out but you just want it to be um i suppose deterred as much as possible there's been a few big athletes that have been done um in the crossfit world um so hopefully they're getting on top of it and you just if you if you get done for drugs and crossfit you're pretty much out that is that is it because the community would struggle to accept you again i mean weightlifting i mean i love weightlifting i love following the sport but i feel so sorry for some of the clean guys in that because even recently with weightlifting all of the corruption and 
and everything that's happened in terms of people just pay it being paid off at the top echelons of the sport is really sad. Mm. And would you, you kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, if anybody's out there thinking I want to be a competitive uh, or compete at least a CrossFit athlete or any fitness athlete, really, um, yeah. is it, can you actually earn a living doing it? Or do you need to do what you've done and take your experience and build a brand and start investing in, you know, fitness based companies? Yeah. Um, yeah, you can make a, a, a living out of it in terms of getting an income. I think I, in my opinion, there's, um, in terms of making a living through prize money, there's probably only five to 10 athletes that could make a living through prize money. There's probably, I know around the world, maybe a hundred, couple of hundred that, that you'd say maybe, maybe not even a hundred. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a hundred plus that would be making a living via CrossFit, um, and the sponsorship and the endorsements that come with it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think from like in terms of giving advice of anyone that wants to do it, you, you need to be financially secure. If there's too much pressure on you trying to compete, uh, needing to earn money, and then there's going to be more pressure on you needing to be successful in, in events in order to get your sponsorship pay, then I think that's a, a tough a, a tough situation to put yourself in. Um, so to answer your question, yeah, but only at the top end of sport. But I think you do need to have um, things in pies in terms of um, different investments in and around the industry. And what would be something that's not in the job description that you deal with every now and then or maybe even every day? Um, it's just for me, it's the, the timings and the organisation. You've got to be pretty organised, I think, in terms of, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm one for lists. If I don't write lists, I'm I'm not going to get the stuff done that I want to do. I'm going to train at specific times, and I'm going to miss meetings. Um, I'm going to be delayed in traffic, like I was delayed to get up for you guys. Um, it's that certainly being organised is is a big one for me. If you're unorganised, you're you're going to let things run over. You're not going to be on top of stuff. You're going to be stressed. It's going to affect your sleep. So that that's that, that's a big one for me. Um. Obviously, with every job, there's things that you don't get taught going into the job. But I think particularly as a PT or gym owner, and you've sort of touched on it earlier, being a psychologist and helping people out mentally, how big is that? And how did you sort of learn to deal with that? Yes, yes. Really good question. Um, When I first got into it, it was uh, was purely selfish. It was kind of at uni and it was kind of right, let's just get these clients in so I can get all my drinking money, effectively. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, I would would miss some clients occasionally. Um, And then uh, I think it was my second year, I thought, right, hold on, I've got a pretty good, like, client base here. And, um, yeah, and then I think it just happens. It'll probably happen to every PT. You'll have a client that'll probably break down crying on you and then you'll go home and you think, Christ, all of my clients today have just been like either moaning about their life or telling me about their, their problems. And, you know, we're all seeing it at the moment with this COVID and this lockdown and how important mental health is in terms of exercise, which again is why I'm surprised that they closed the gyms. Um, so for me, like no, knowing that you're helping people mentally and feeling like you're having like a psychological effect on people is um, it's pretty profound actually um as i said we have members come up to us and we know that you know people struggle really badly for mental health 
in our gym and with the gym not being there we've had some concerned messages about people which is why we're trying to provide um recorded classes nutritional advice quizzes just to keep people engaged um i think it's becoming i mean obviously mental health is it's great that it's talked about now um i think um sometimes uh people can probably lean on that a little bit too much so i've I spoke to like psychologists and people that deal with people with mental health it's so prevalent it's great that it's talked about and it's great that people come about but i think there's a lot of other solutions that people can um use in terms of uh, as opposed to sorry um just going to the doctor and taking drugs um to make them better exercise is a huge one of those not only for the sort of endorphins and the physiological benefits it has but just for the the communities that you can have, certainly in functional fitness and CrossFit gyms, you know, just making friends and knowing that you're going to, if you've had a tough day, you know, knowing that you're going to see all your mates down there, you're going to work out together. I think, um, I think it's massive nowadays. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. There's certainly something to go into the gym. And even if you don't necessarily know the people in the gym, you sort of start to build a bit of a community in there. And, and you know, you, you nod to each other in between your sets and you might not even talk, but it's just that sort of release of, you don't think about anything else and you just go training and it, it is so good for you. Yeah. We had a girl the other day that um, I said, what are you doing tonight? I said, you've got your weights alone. They normally are. You're chatting. You make, she said, to be honest, I'm not really bothered about working out. Well, I've just come to see everyone before we go into lockdown and we all had a laugh. So <laughs> that for me is like awesome, you know, and I think our members realized that we had like 95% of our members support us financially through, um, through the first lockdown, which wow. was amazing. Regardless of the service we provided in terms of classes every day and nutritional advice, we loaned out um, all of our kit. Like literally there was nothing left in the gym. Wow. Um, for me they the reason they did that is because they want the gym afterwards um they want the gym to be there um and i think that's why the bigger gyms are closing or bigger corporations are, are struggling because when i was at i was at virgin active for example it was there's three and a half thousand members you know like 10 times the amount that we've got and there's just people swiping in every day they'll go and do their thing they may go to a class but then they'll go you didn't really know anyone personally i probably know every single member by their first name and it's just so much more community based definitely i think some some big gyms not all of them but some big gyms can be a bit soulless you know we're lucky in the town that we live in that we've got a it's basically a family-run gym and it is uh, it's it's great because everyone does know each other and you might not talk to them like i said but it's a bit of a community feel there yeah i mean that's that's the idea of our new uh gym blueprint training actually like at the moment we um we we just run crossfit classes um weightlifting classes um but and we have open gym as well but with the new gym we're we our aim was just to not corner but provide every every piece of the um the market in terms of we're doing small group pt we're um we've got uh, amazing physiotherapists and um uh, sports therapist radu who's um one of my physios he um he's really popular in the town he works with elite athletes and with him coming with us it's going to um it's going to sort of enhance our brand as well he's he's all for functional fitness and um, some cool rehab stuff we've got um crossfit we've got endurance classes we've got gymnastics classes we've got open gym so we're, I suppose we're trying to have a functional fitness gym, which would have the volume 
of clients that a a normal globo gym would have mm. and you you mentioned that you went to university and, and studied um, some sort of sports sort of yeah. uh, science degree would yeah. you do that now or would you have just gone straight into it yeah good question again we i think for me like i think uni wasn't i mean the qualifications that i got were i suppose don't really aid my job now if i went back i mean it's a really weird question because it's kind of asking me is it would have changed the course of my life like for me first of all uni helped me i was living on my own i was having to learn life skills um i was pretty much having to look after myself you know from from bills to buying my own food, doing my own washing, even though my mum come up most of the time. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It's, it, it, yeah. it gave me a lot more confidence and I was earning money myself. So all the cash was, was, um, was going in my bank account. So the thing that I took from uni was, um, was the, as I said, the life skills in terms of, would I do it again? It, it, if I was going to go for, if I was going to go to uni again, I would do something that was more specific, like, I don't know, law or an engineer's uh, degree. Uh, even though I think that would probably be boring, it would just direct me straight into the career. Um, but I would say to to people, if they're looking to get into it, uh, it's it's great life experience, but I think you can you can get other qualifications and gain other experience by by either working in a really good establishment or going on some pretty awesome courses. Um, so yeah, I've, I've, I've had long conversations about, would you go back to uni or if you had kids, would you let them, would you advise them to go to uni? Mm. I think from kids point of view, I'd say, look, if you want something more specialist, do it, but I've got no problem with you doing some sort of apprenticeship or um, uh, taking a, a different course in life. Cause going off on a tangent like in terms of when we used to employ, employ people i would i would start initially look to see if they've got a degree and i'd be like right willing to do them because they were obviously clever but then you'd have some people that would have a degree that they couldn't talk it was mm. like just so you'd about why would why would i want to employ you then you'd have some people that i don't know no disrespect someone that worked in a, a supermarket or a phone shop and they're amazing they're so motivating best members of staff i think mm. their confidence is a is a really big thing like we've um we've had coaches at the gym we've had such a range we've had some people who you look at their qualifications you're like flip now this guy or girl is so intelligent they'll be amazing but then they just cannot lead a group of people like we've got quite a rowdy bunch at um bullpen or blueprint training they're um a good, a good banter you know you've got to keep control of the class and you've got to be able to take a bit of stick and stuff <laughs> um, but uh and some people just wouldn't be able to hack it we've had coaches that are just probably too quiet don't come out of their shell then we've had other people with hardly any qualifications but they're so motivated and the guys love them because um you know they they just brighten up their day i think it's obviously important to have a mix but um mm. yeah it's interesting the different p- people that you have mm. in, in different roles yeah and have you got any advice for anyone listening that either wants to get into competitive fitness or wants to take a take a role into the fitness industry in general? Yeah, in terms of um, competing, I think uh, you know all this uh, hard work pays off. Hard work does pay off if you're, in my opinion, a decent athlete already and you've got decent genetics. <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're it's unlikely 
it's hard to say it without being harsh. Like you need to have a serious word of yourself and say, right, if I'm going to compete, I've got to be at a decent level. Like I'm not going to look at myself now and say, right, I'm going to, I'm going to compete at a high level in boxing because I'm too old. I've never really done it. And it's kind of, I'd know that it was a, it was a silly decision. Yeah. But so I think it's, it's people need to be honest with themselves and, and decide how far they can go. They need to see their ceiling um, if you get a good program in and if you have a good lifestyle, that's another thing as well. People will be trying to compete whilst they're working full time. I'm sure there's some athletes and the anomalies that do it, but in terms of the stress levels and the fatigue, it, it'd be so difficult. You'd need to, you need to ask yourself again, you know, am I giving myself every opportunity to be the best I can be? Um, it's, it's, it's difficult. It's kind of, I haven't kind of answered the question, but do you know what I mean? I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. yeah you need to you need to be honest with yourself and and see see uh see where you're at i suppose you could always you know just see how far you can go you know you may qualify for a lower level competition then you may qualify for an a, a, a division in a, a sanctional event which is down from the elite then the next goal might be get to the elite then the next one maybe to get you know into that top five or top three and try and get to the games so you could always just um, suck it and see i suppose in terms of advice for people getting into the fitness industry uh it's i think it's gonna it's gonna not boom because it it, i suppose it's booming ish anyway people are uh, certainly from when i was younger everyone or when my parents were younger it'd be like right we'll go down to the pub in my opinion a lot of people go and exercise now obviously you know what i mean it's it's the social environment where people go Um, so I think it's going to kick off more after COVID, even the next couple of years, people need that they realize that the, um, cardiovascular system and needs to be stronger to fend off pulmonary and cardio, cardio, uh, diseases. So I think you can make the, again, making the positive of a bad situation. I you know the post would be, if you do not want to have a high percentage of dying from COVID, you need to exercise. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like people, the healthier people, I know there's going to be anomalies as well, but the healthier you are, the higher chance you have of fighting off a virus like COVID. Um, so advice to people, gone off on tangent again. Uh, <laughs> advice to people starting is um, get, your, get your qualifications uh, sensibly. You don't have to just do the generic personal training qualification there's loads of amazing courses out there so research what courses you need um and have a goal man don't just want to become a pt and that's it you want to in my opinion you want to see what who's the you know highest earners or the most successful in the industry out there and and uh model yourself on those guys because otherwise it's just going to be a slog you know people need to you know unless you're in a big uh unpressurized job in a gym and you know you're getting a pension how long are you really like you guys said earlier how long do you want to be trained by 70 year old jeff <laughs> you know probably I mean? not yeah uh, so and there's going to be there's potentially a shelf life for, for a pt so uh, advice for some starting is is give yourself a a, a final a goal um and make it make it a big one and and give yourself um brilliant yeah i've gone i'm trying to in terms of give yourself options give yourself options the older you get so so you can sort of take a back seat or you can or you can move in different roles 
And would you still go into the uh, the fitness industry knowing everything you know now? Yeah, yeah, I think I would. Um, in terms of, although you say antisocial hours, yeah, if you're if you're working on your own or if you're working as a PT, obviously people want to be trained or coached whilst they they're not at work. So that means you have to coach and train them whilst you know in in unsociable hours. But from a lifestyle point of view, I get to you know, on a, like I said, on a typical day, I can train in the morning. I can then, you know, I'll be in my meals throughout the day. I'm, I'm in an environment where I'm watching people exercise and enhancing people's mental and physical health. I can then train myself because I'm already there. I am, um, I'm with, I'm surrounded by people that enjoy exercise. You know, it's not like I'm surrounded by people that are, I don't know, abusing their bodies, you know, by being in a poor environment. Then I can um, I can have a bit of a bit of freedom now. Of I run a gym, like even going into the new place, I'm I'm going to be working even less hours than I do now. So we're, there's five of us that own the new gyms, so we're going to be taking twenty percent of the load. I mean, the initial sort of a few months we're going to be pretty busy, but it'll give me time to concentrate on maybe doing doing some more of my exercise or having some more one to one clients again, or concentrating on the um, the uh, the online stuff. So yeah, hundred percent. I'd be, I, I, I get in the fitness industry again. Brilliant. Thank you so much for coming on. Will. I've really enjoyed uh, to chatting to you and, and listening to your career. Yeah. Nice. Well, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, I suppose I've just been talking about myself and I for an hour. <laughs> it's well, good. It's good. Thank you again. Best of luck with the new gym. And can you uh, let us know where people can find you on social media, uh, websites and whatnot? Yeah, so um, I suppose my Instagram is willkane17, the number 17. So you can see what I get up to on there. Um, team training programming is our um, our Instagram for our online programming, and um, uh, blueprint training is our is our new gym. Um, so you can follow us on Instagram, see the updates we're posting, um, our progress of, of the building as well. Um, and yeah, that's that's me pretty much. Awesome. Thank you, Will. Best of luck with it all. No worries. Thanks very much, guys. Awesome. Cheers.